0: Good morning, Women of Strength. It is Julie and Megan here today, and we are just going to talk because we have both been so busy moving, remodeling kitchens, dueling, parenting, soccer, gymnastics, (laughs) trying to be a good wife, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there,
1: and still trying to do self-care. Oh,
0: yeah, and
1: podcasts. (laughs) And record podcasts, yes. Yes.
0: And trying, yeah, and and everything. We we haven't even had a chance to really catch up with each other and find out what we've been doing birth-wise, doula-wise, and things like that. And so we wanted to just have a fun episode where we just talk about life and different things that are going on with us and b- b- recent births we've attended and different things like that. So um, hang along for the ride with us. You'll get to know us a little bit better. And and brain dead Julie, man, my that's my life right now. <laughs> All right. But first, before we do that, Megan has a review of the week. <laughs> yes, I do. And this is actually from Google. So
1: I was excited to see this because we were on Apple Podcasts, and that's probably where the most reviews that we get are. But this one is from Google, and it's from Hannah Troyer Dula. And she her subject is 5 million stars. She says, if I could give the VBAC link 5 million stars, I would. It's just that good. I have been a doula for three and a half years now and have supported multiple VBAC mamas. The evidence-based information, positive attitude, professionalism, education, encouragement, and joy I have received from Julia and Megan leave me at a loss for words. I have tried to listen and read other podcasts, blogs, and trainings done by other doulas, and most of them have left me with a bad taste in my mouth. As soon as I stumbled into the VBAC leak podcast, I could hear the joy of the doulas who actually love their jobs. Oh, that's so sweet of her. That um, makes me happy. Oh, <laughs> she says, this was the first step into grabbing my attention and eventually making me fall in love with you too. Your podcasts are so educational and it brings a smile to my face. Every time I hear your voices, I could listen to them over and over. I am grateful I found the incredible source of information on VBACs. I am sharing it with everyone I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, VBAC Link.
0: Oh, that, makes, so me awesome. so sweet. that makes me so sweet. That <laughs> no, makes me so happy. Me so
1: happy. Yes, <laughs> we do love our jobs. We love our lives, even though they're crazy. And we do love bringing this podcast to you guys. The stories, the people that we meet all over the world. It's just, it's just been so much fun over the last couple of years.
0: Oh my gosh. It's been two and a half years. I just can't crazy. believe it.
1: Crazy, right?
0: Oh my yeah. goodness.
1: Yep. We've come a long way. So yeah, well, thank you so much, Hannah. And we'll dive right into the episode.
2: You are tuned in to the VBAC link podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan.
0: Birth workers, listen up. Do you want to increase your knowledge of birth after cesarean? We created our advanced VBAC doula certification program just for you. It is the most comprehensive VBAC doula training in the world, perfectly packaged in an online self-paced video course. This course is designed for birth workers who want to take their VBAC education to the next level so you can support parents who have had a cesarean in the most effective ways. We have created a complete system, a step-by-step roadmap that shows exactly what you need to know in order to support parents birthing after cesarean. Head on over to the vbacklink.com to find out more information and sign up today. That's the vbacklink.com. See you there. All right. I don't know, like it's been a little while since we've had like chitter chatter. <laughs> I
1: know. This is just going to be a really random episode for you guys. Yeah. Um
0: catching up with you what know? we're up to. Yeah, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself, Megan, and then I will share a little bit about me and then We'll just see where, where we go.
1: A little bit about myself, that I'm crazy all the time. I, for some reason, like to be an Energizer bunny with a half full battery. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm just, I mean, even today recording podcasts, I've had to like bail like four <laughs> times because i had the, the paint people here and the countertop people here and the appliance people coming and just all the things. So... Um, I'm always crazy and I love projects and I struggle when my life doesn't have a project in it. Um, so yeah, I have the three kids and they they keep us pretty busy. They're all in soccer right now, so Saturdays look like pretty much us just being at the soccer field all day long because they're each you know an hour plus games and we're going from back to back to back. Then my daughter's in gymnastics, my other daughter's in dance, and so it's just been so much fun, but they're all out of the house a couple days a week because they're all in school, and that's been really different. Yeah, (laughs) it's been really different for me, but honestly, really fun. I get to kind of do self-care, work, do podcasts, go do prenatal cares with my clients, things like that. So it's been super fun. But yeah, that's just kind of what we're up to. I'm always crazy and going. And my husband is quite the trooper for supporting me through all of it.
0: And don't forget, Megan, the doula supported her husband while he was in law school Mm -hmm. by being a doula. Like, she's awesome.
1: doula life was crazy there for a little bit. But it's been awesome. And it's been kind of nice to take a little step back. The last month, I only had one client do and um it was really nice to kind of just be here
0: and and take care of the fam i think taking breaks is so important as a doula like we how you avoid burnout yeah oh man totally totally do oh my goodness yeah okay so i'm julie mom of four i had four kids in a little less than five years not on purpose I mean well you kind of like have to do certain things to get pregnant obviously but um the timing of baby number three she just wanted to come sooner than uh we were planning so we just have them all squished right together and so currently they're ages seven five four and two and a half yeah which was much better when they were five (laughs) five three two no five three one no five two wait a minute When my first was born, let's see, how old are they? Four, two, one, and a newborn. That was nuts. That was really nuts. But it all works out. It's fine. Sometimes you hear kids running around in the background when I'm recording podcasts, and that's just the way it has to be during the digital age of quarantine and coronavirus. But yeah, I also have a dog and a husband and... (laughs) My kids do soccer, Um, just my two boys. And then uh, one of my daughters is enrolled in gymnastics and the two and a half year old just just destroys everything in the house. That's her hobby, (laughs) Um, right? Like my kids are very creative and problem solvers. And so I get caught off guard a lot by them (laughs) is probably a good way to say it. I... I'm um, a army veteran, computer geek, data junkie, very analytical. And I just moved. Same town. Really exciting move, but else, And I'm a lot, I'm really excited actually. We're getting everything unpacked and unloaded still. And I feel like lately my life just kind of copies Megan's. Like whatever yeah. Megan's doing, my my life just will naturally get there. So like she was remodeling her kitchen while I was looking for houses, and then I came to this, keep coming back to this house with the ugly kitchen, ugly, ugly kitchen house. And Mm -hmm. we even called it the ugly kitchen house. My seven-year-old was like, we're not moving to the ugly kitchen house, are we? And then my four-year-old (laughs) would say, it's a beautiful house.
2: (laughs) And so then
0: Megan got me in contact with her kitchen guy. And so now we're moved in, we're remodeling the kitchen as well. And so I just like Megan's my hero so I've got Uh, (laughs) no Um, yeah no but really though I feel like everything well what is it what was it before that I feel like everything that you've done I'm like oh shoot now I'm doing this soccer and all of you yeah totally suck yeah
1: (laughs) no it's good it's fun I mean it's crazy but
0: yeah. yeah, we we each have our own doula businesses, too. So, hey, let's do a plug in. Tiny Blessings Doula Services is Megan's doula company. And she has a, a partner that she runs her doula business with. And then okay. my doula business is called Julie Francom Birth. And you can just find us both on Instagram and Facebook. And we would love the likes if you want to like us.
1: You want If you want to <laughs> follow our personal doula careers. Yeah. Yeah. Check us out. Yeah, man, birth is, we this month, got a lot of backs coming up, actually. So it's quite exciting. I love, we kind of, at Tiny Blessings, anyway, we feel like, you do a lot of backs, Julie, but we do a yeah, lot month, of, like, first-time moms, like, fifth-time mom, you know. But um, it seems like we go in spurts where it's, like, we'll have, like, no VBACs, and then, like, the whole month is back, and it's, like, this back amazing, like, holy cow, everyone's V-backing. It's so fun. But yeah, it also brings a busy month because as you know, like as a V-back parent, there's a lot of stress that comes in the very end. Do you find that, Julie, with your clients? Yeah. It's a lot of emotional. Working through a lot of emotional. Yeah. Emotional stress at the end. It's, Mm -hmm. it can be, it can be heavy. And so it's but it's fun. But it's fun to work through like it's not fun to be stressed for them, but it's fun mm-hmm. to work through with them because I feel like it makes it makes the birth well, yes, to see them overcome. But then like when it comes down to the birth, like I feel like we're that much closer. Yeah. Like with our clients, you know? Because mm-hmm. we've I been able to listen through the nitty-gritty with them.
0: I don't know. Like I I think that with VBAC parents, it's definitely a little more natural to fall into that more intimate knowledge of them. But I've had mm-hmm. a really strong connection with a couple of my, like a recent first time mom and I had a four peak client. So a client that's been with me four times. So my last three births, which has actually been in the last four weeks, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, have been a four peak client. So her fourth baby with me as her doula and then a back and then a VBAC attempt that ended in a repeat cesarean. And it's really fun because I love connecting with these people, but you're right. No, it's even the repeat cesarean mom. She entered into her cesarean smiling. She was just so happy and laughing and confident. We created a really great environment for her and her midwife was very supportive. It was just, day difference she had said from her first cesarean to her second just how she felt more supported and she felt like she was the one making the decisions, the decisions. Um, which is a powerful um, thing it really is it's it's really different to go from an experience where you feel completely out of control and that decisions were being made for you to being Uh, an active decision maker in your care and the one being the final one to say, Hey, okay, let's do this. You know, even if your provider is offering you all different types of suggestions and things like that, just being the one being able to be the one to say, okay, let's do it. Instead of your doctor saying, well, we need to do this now. You know, it's just nuts. I mean, not nuts. It's good. It's great. And I love it. and and that mama walked, wheeled into her cesarean with a big smile on her face, wheeled out of it with a great big smile on her face. And it was just a totally, completely different experience for her. And, and that makes me happy. Like I'm always sad when somebody gets, doesn't get their V back. It just always makes me sad, especially when I'm sitting alone in the empty birth room. Well, when I'm, whenever I'm not allowed in the operating room and, you know, you just sit there and you reflect. and I, I don't know about you, Megan, but I like always be like, "Oh, shoot, did I do enough? Like, what could right. I do differently? Yeah. And, and I put a I put a lot of responsibility on myself, but I I mean, I know that like a lot a lot of these things are not in my control and that I support the best that I can, you know, So I'm always sitting there just questioning and trying to see what what we could have done differently. And so it's kind of a lonely time <laughs> when you're just waiting. but but coming back and seeing them just so happy and baby so happy and dad so happy. And it is, it makes my heart more full when I can see that. Yeah. That,
1: you know, as, as you are talking about, like as cool as we always, and any birth workers out there, you may be able to relate, you know, like if things don't go exactly as planned or desired, we're, we sit back there and we, we kind of take it home and it's hard not to take home with us and question like, could we have done something more? But it is it is my absolute favorite when the client is, says, you know, yeah, it didn't turn out exactly how I wanted to. However, that was the most healing experience for me and I wouldn't have changed it, you know, for, because yeah. they were in control or because they felt like they were advocated for or they were given options and they were able to make the decisions. It's a powerful thing to be. As in control as you can in a birth situation.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. And that's actually number one indicator about whether somebody will have post-traumatic or post-traumatic, post-traumatic stress related stress. to birth mm-hmm. is not necessarily the birth outcome as much as whether they feel like they were listened to and heard and that they were a decision maker in their care. Because even VBACs, you can have post-traumatic stress disorder if you feel like you are in control of what was being done to you or what was happening to you. And so, I mean like as much as you can be in control with birth, but I mean like as far as the decisions go and your care team and all of those things. Can we talk about I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent. Can we talk about um how do I say this nicely? Can we talk about <laughs> I don't know in, in, inappropriate things that we have heard providers or nurses or a hospital staff say to parents when they're in labor?
1: Mm, inappropriate
0: things. God, do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I'd actually had a client tell me that somebody had said this to her before, like two years ago or so. But this same birth that I was just talking about, the nurse was a little rough around the edges maybe I think she was just really nervous about VBAC so she there's actually two things she said that really didn't sit very well with me and I know that she had good intentions, so I want to like preface it with that like I I don't think that this nurse was had any ill intent or anything at all but um when my client was in labor before the uh it had been decided that she was going to have a repeat cesarean the nurse came in and she, she was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I come in here every time the baby falls off the monitor. I just get so nervous with Tolak moms because I had one Tolak mom when her baby fell, fell off the monitor. I came in to check on them and baby was outside of the abdomen and her uterus had ruptured and it was really scary. And we had to do a repeat or crash cesarean. She said this to my client while my client was laboring with VBAC, like she's like, so every time that baby dropped off the monitor, like the nurse just rushed in there as fast as she could. And goodness. so, like, and so now we knew why. And now we knew why. And I feel like some, I feel like part of that created a, a, a subconscious stressful environment for my client. When every time the nurse would rush in and the baby would, you know, we would change positions, baby would fall off the monitor, nurse would rush in. And then there's all of a sudden that fear of uterine sure, again coming in with that nurse. Right. But then the yeah. other thing she said that really, really, I really had to bite my tongue hard during this speech she was making was before my client was wheeled back for her cesarean. They were getting everything prepped and the anesthesiologist was in there and everything, you know, how they do. And the nurse just put her hand on my client. I think, I really do think she was trying to be nice and kind and supportive, but she said, you know, sometimes things just have to go like this. And we don't know why, but we're so grateful that we have these life-saving measures like cesarean birth. Because if this would have been 200 years ago, you and your baby would have died. <laughs> you and your baby would have died yeah, yeah. if it was a couple hundred years ago. So we're so we should be so we're grateful that we have these cesareans so that we can save your life and your baby's life. And I was like, yeah. Well, I'm not going to analyze that birth to death because I've I've been analyzing it to death in my head. But 200 years ago, things would have been very different. Anyways, I just can't believe. Like I had heard, like I said, I had a client say that a nurse had said that to her before. But hearing it like directly come out of her mouth, I was like, no, not the right time. Very inappropriate. Even if it was true. Like even if it was true, and who knows, maybe it is true. I don't know. But that just, you know, not the right time. Not not the right time. Bad timing. Yeah. yeah that was hard.
1: I um I had a client it was really hard. She um she had a different ethnicity. And the providers and anesthesiologists. She was a V-bag. It was just really interesting. She was doing really well, actually. Just needed kind of some more time and more support. And they just kept telling her due to her ethnicity, the likelihood of her getting her baby out vaginally was extremely low, but the likelihood of her having rectal incontinence for the rest of her life was extremely high. And so they encouraged her to really think about if she was willing to poop her pants for the rest of her life to have a vaginal birth.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was dying. Like, I, I was sitting there, like, cringing inside due to her oh my ethnicity. Gosh.
0: Due to yeah. her ethnicity. Yeah. Can yeah. we talk about ethnicity? Like, in- inappropriate comments? Because, gosh, I had a client who was a Tolak. Oh, this nurse. Oh, I just... Oh my gosh, this nurse! I love labor and delivery nurses. I think that labor and delivery nurses, some of them don't understand too. Yeah, they are undervalued, and I think that. But I think that labor and delivery nurses, some of them don't understand the impact that they have on the overall birth process, the vibe, the energy, and everything like that. And I had a, a nurse once who just still gives me the creepy crawlies every time I talk about it. But she, my client was Mexican and her husband was Mexican. They were born in Mexico. They were here working in the United States, legally, work visas, everything. She was working on a VBAC or she was, my client was VBAC. But every time I would say the word VBAC, the nurse would look at me within like, I think she just had a problem with doulas. She must've had a bad run in with a doula or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But like she would look at me and be like, It's a TOLAC. And I was like, okay, TOLAC. So I need to remember to call this a TOLAC. So I would like start trying to remember to just say TOLAC instead of back, just so that we could get like that negative tone out of the room. And then she would always, my client was very fluent in English and she understood English very well. But my client or that nurse would speak to her like she was a kindergartner, like slow sentences. Or she's like, do you, or she said, you have, uh, what was it? Was it GBS or yeah, I think it was. Hold on. Oh my gosh. No, what was it? She was like, it wasn't GBS. Cause I know the circumstances of this labor. She said, ah, oh. I don't remember, but I'm it was something, but she's either. like, you have this. Do you know what that means? do you understand what that means? And I like my skin was crawling and I'm like, this is probably one of my most educated clients that I have ever had. And she was speaking to her like she was completely ignorant just because she had a really heavy Mexican accent, Hispanic accent. And it just, it was really frustrating. Like I just, I And she was an older nurse and so like she'd been around the block a time or two like she wouldn't use the machine to like administer the fluids like the IV fluids and stuff. She just preferred to let them drip instead of like go through the machine like she just thinks it went better that way. And she said she didn't they didn't have the you know the Monica Novi monitor. But then when the next nurse came on shift she's like oh let's get them the Novi monitor out for you to use like she just kind of you kind of tell that she was like sent in her ways and she's from an older generation, which I think especially in Utah where we have very, very, very high population of white people and not very much diversity. Uh, It's just, Oh, it was just really hard to see her treat my client like that. It was hard.
1: Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's hard. It's hard as a doula to see stuff like that and hear things and, Man, but as a doula, like we have to stay professional and we have to Mm -hmm. respect the entire birth room and it's just, it it can be hard and then it can be super easy, right? Like it just depends on the staff and everything, but yeah, it's, it's definitely hard.
0: Um, Well, I think it goes without saying that like different personalities don't vibe well together perfectly. And so as a doula, it's really hard to like, change your personality to kind of match the vibe of the staff's personality and learn how to interact with them and sometimes you just can't sometimes you just can't match your personality but I I I do a pretty good job I think that's like one of the only times that I have really not been able to be happy with a nurse and I mean like be happy with but like be fun and friend like leave part as friends, you know what I mean? Like we are feeling that everybody in the room was supportive and, and enjoyed the experience together and things like that. Like I just, that one, yeah, that nurse was particularly hard. Anyways, go on. I feel like you were continuing a comment.
1: No, you're totally fine. I, um, I just wanted to touch really quickly on a couple questions. So this last weekend on Instagram, it was my weekend and I just asked, to have people ask me questions and one of the really frequent questions that came through was how to prepare mentally and let go of past experiences and I just wanted to talk on Julie's YouTube video up on our channel on YouTube about releasing fear and tension and past experiences and things like that because I think it is so valuable and it's something that you may have to do multiple times, but it's something that can be very powerful during your preparation. And I encourage you not even to wait until you're pregnant, right? Like t- like do it now and think about process what is going through your mind now. And then as you get pregnant, if more things come up, do those. And same thing with birth workers. We see a lot, we hear a lot, we go through a lot. And I think it's important to notice that for birth workers, there's a lot of things that we need to release because just like providers, we've talked about this before, providers see a lot of stuff, right? They see things that are amazing and things that are so scary. And sometimes they can let those experiences come into other people's births.
0: Yeah, like that nurse who kept coming in when the monitor would drop off the monitor.
1: Exactly, and it's hard. That's life, that's human, it's normal. I have a very relative personality and so I tend to relate from my own experience to relate to people. And so it's, it's just so important for us in the birth space to really keep other situations and other stories separate from what's happening then. Yeah, you can take those experiences as learning experiences and have them as a, use them as a tool to certain, you know, to certain points, but it's so important to not bring either negative feelings, negative situations, and things like that, that you've seen into a new birth, into a new birth that is completely different. After I saw my friend who did rupture, I've talked about her before, I was nervous to go to my next VBAC. Because I was nervous that I was going to overanalyze things. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I didn't want to like make anything that was happening from my friend's birth go into my mind and think, "Oh my gosh, maybe this client is rupturing too."
0: And yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, like I've noticed that I feel very proud of myself. I would give myself a cookie um, yeah. for <laughs> for not carrying that in but I was nervous that I would but of course my education and things like that like I think has helped me not have that situation anyway I just think it's so important to go and do these fear clearing releases and things like that so Julie do you want to tell them where we can find those
0: the fear release activity video
1: yeah on YouTube yeah, I think it's on YouTube. <laughs> um, it's on our blog, yeah. I think. But yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, so it's your I, video.
1: You you did it. Yeah. Really well. You did it really well.
0: Thanks. I love it. It's a really fun activity, fear release activity that you can do. And it's on our YouTube channel. So you can go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcasts are also published to YouTube automatically. So if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, You'll automatically get notified when a new podcast episode comes out. There, if that's easier for you to watch then listen, anywhere, wherever you're listening right now. <laughs> but yeah, and we also have it on our IGTV videos on Instagram, and I think it's on Facebook somewhere. But probably the best place to find it would be on YouTube. And go and it's under on the like education playlist I'm like on the education look it playlist right now.
1: Is it on the education? Yeah. I want to yeah. like find out what you can exactly type in on YouTube.
0: Fear flame, f- flameless, flameless, release,
1: something like that. Flameless
0: fire, I don't know. It's burning stuff, which is <laughs> That's
1: burning stuff.
0: Yeah, um, no, you, know, you do. Actually,
1: you can just search. This is what you could really do very easily.
0: Just this search is what them. you could really do.
1: <laughs> yeah, just search the V link, and it's. It's on there. It's number four. But it's VBAC f-
0: be- <laughs> without, without fear. fear. Five-minute Five minute fear, fear release.
1: release. Yes, <laughs> five-minute fear release. So get on there and check it out. You'll see cute Julie's face pretty much everywhere because, let's be honest, I have been terrible at making videos, and she has been amazing at picking them out, making them. And so, uh, anyway, you'll see sure – no no you'll see julie's
0: face on there and it'll be awesome so, yeah Kate. do you know what else megan that i have figured out for just getting emotions out okay so the nervous system like our brain and our body like the neurological system and the sympathetic nervous system is that what it's called i don't know i'm not know i am not ai am not a brain junkie uh, but two big words for me but there's but there's Feelings and emotions stored in our body, right? And sometimes you don't even know what those feelings and emotions are, but they need to get out. And so, one of the ways for them to get out is by crying. And so, sometimes if I don't have time to do a full fear release with my client, or they don't quite know what's bothering them uh, or what they would even write down, I just tell them, go do something that would make you cry. Like watch The Notebook. I don't know. Do you cry? The Notebook or the movie Seven Minutes. I just re- remember the Seven Seven Minutes movie with Will Smith and it is like the only time I have ever left a movie theater sobbing, right? Or I don't know, slow down with your partner too or watch your wedding song or your birth video or whatever and just do something that makes you cry and your body will do the rest. It, it'll just turn into this huge Cry fest, an emotional release for you. And you don't even have to write it down or burn it or do anything because your body will process it once, once that release starts. Pretty, pretty cool. Just cry. All you got to do is cry about it, and then and then you're better. <laughs> but, yes, um, the Flameless Fire Fair Release, we have a fair release activity in our course for parents, How to be back? the Ultimate Prep Course for Parents. I um, mean, you can find that on our website, the VBAClink.com. But this is in addition to that which is also, I think, a, a supplementary video in our course that you can just find on our YouTube channel, and it talks about um, a really cool flameless fire. Flameless, smokeless fire. Not, No, not flameless. How could it be a fire if it's flameless? Smokeless fire. Oh, my goodness, you guys. This is my life, like <laughs> I said, with four kids and moving and kitchens and dual clients and everything else. Oh, <laughs> um, but basically, you just put... Epsom salts and rubbing alcohol in a bowl, like a a fireproof bowl. So I just use a glass bowl usually. And then you light it on fire with a lighter. Obviously, fire safety is encouraged. And then you just shred up your paper that you've written down all your thoughts on and burn it. And it burns without smoke unless you have like eight people putting their papers in. Then there's some smoke and it might set off a fire alarm when you're doing it. Which we fast, did, we did that. hypothetically. Yeah, we. did that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's super fun and super easy, and and then when you're done, you just flush it down the toilet. I like to add some salts just to dissolve in the water, and it's perfect.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Is there anything else that you want to add for this really quick, random, short episode?
0: There was. Oh yeah, like this is something that is good for doulas and parents. So, but like after the birth, or like whenever you leave a birth. Write it down on paper, just like just brain dump everything on your mind. It doesn't even have to be legible, don't go back and read it. Just write it, all it out. out. It doesn't, yeah. don't proofread, don't worry about punctuation or capitalization or anything like that. Just write it all down as fast as you can, just offload it on your brain, and then destroy the paper. You can burn it using this um five minute fear release, flameless, no, not flameless, smokeless fire. <laughs> You can shred it up and throw it into the wind. You can flush it down the toilet, whatever you want. Just destroy it. And then that, your brain creates this dopamine response because you, the brain dump with the dopamine response by destroying it um, actually causes your body and brain to process and heal um, the things that just happened. So that would be my last tip. Cool.
1: Awesome. Well, we are going to start doing these a little bit more where Julie and I just randomly chat with you. And we want to answer questions or talk about topics. So, if you have a topic that you would like us to touch on, send us a message either on Instagram or Facebook or in the messages. We've got some that have come in, and we're gonna get them rolling out on episodes here soon, probably towards the end of the year or the beginning of twenty twenty one. Which, holy cow! Hopefully by I'll then,
0: twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully by then, it will be a lot better than 2020. So, yeah, yeah super excited to be talking about things that you guys want to hear about.
0: And as always, we absolutely love you, and we believe in you, and we are proud of you.
1: And do you want to do me a really quick favor? Um, we yeah. are we are needing more reviews to read on the podcast so, if you could go over to Google or Facebook or Apple or wherever and leave us a review and let us know what you think of the VBAC link.
0: That's awesome. Do you know what else you could do? If you've taken our course, go to our course page on our website, thevbacklink.com, and leave a review there. And we should start reading some course reviews. Yeah. As reviews of the week. That That'd would be, be fun. fun. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs>
2: Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the VBAClink.com slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAClink.